Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church. We're very glad you're with us. As we continue on in a series we're doing called Developing Well. This series uh, is based on the Beatitudes, and it uh, sprung out of a series we spent a lot of time on last year um, in response to the great question Jesus asked, do you want to get well? Great question has so much depth to it that we spent um, six months looking at that and then we're sort of springing out into some other things that that whole topic sort of brought up to us. But as people who have hopefully said yes to Jesus in the, in the question, do you want to get well, um, this series is about cooperating then with the Holy Spirit to grow and mature in the Lord. And uh, we're looking at the Beatitudes, and the Beatitudes are the attitudes that are developed in us as we cooperate with the Spirit as citizens of the kingdom of God. And so we've been looking at the Beatitudes, um, and I, I've told you as we've looked through that they build on one another, um, and, and um, we're, we're up to the seventh one today, and uh, each, each one is sort of part of a progression um, that, that we go through in our process, but even when we get through all eight, it doesn't mean that we're done, because I've found it to be true that we're always kind of going back and working through the Beatitudes, um, and that one of the healthiest places we can be is always back at number one, which is really where we are constantly aware of our utter dependence on God for everything, and it's a very healthy place to be. Uh, and then the, the Spirit of God works us through, and uh, he's always kind of um, working on issues in our lives as we allow him to. I know he is in my own life. You know, there's always things that he's at work on, and um, as, as I cooperate with him, he, he, he continues to move me on, and it's an ever-increasing process until the Lord Jesus comes back, that we're not completed until he comes back. So we're, we're always at work, we're always learning, we're always growing, um, and that's part of cooperating with the Spirit in our lives. And so um, last week, we, we talked about becoming pure in heart, and we spent the sermon defining integrity, in effect, is what we looked at, and, and uh, that's where we were at in our journey. Now this week, I was going to do a sermon on peacemaking, but I'm going to have to cancel that due to a conflict. Yeah. Peacemaking, conflict. Sorry, people that don't know me. <laughs> by, by the way, have you heard about the new corduroy pillows? Yeah, they're really making headlines. That's really funny. Someone tell people that aren't getting it right now. Yeah, okay, good. <laughs> I got one more. But because, yeah, you might not have thought either one of those counted, so. I like this one. A scientist clones himself, but the clone turns out to be incredibly rude and constantly used foul language. And one day the scientist just couldn't take it anymore and he pushed his clone over a cliff. The clone survived, but the scientist was arrested for making an obscene clone fall. That's gold right there. That's gold. They'll be roaring tomorrow. Scripture reading is here on purpose. Thank you, Jesus. Chapter 5 of 2 Corinthians, verses 14 through 21. I'll be reading out of the NIV. You can follow along. It'll be up there. It's in your notes, or you can read along in your Bibles, whatever translation will work. 
For Christ's love compels us because we're convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us this message of reconciliation. We're therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Blessed be the word of the Lord. Today we are going to look at Matthew 5, 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. And so normally I looked at the, uh, we normally look at the first part of the verse and then the second part. We're going to flip that today. Um, I want to, this is the first part, of, you know, what does it mean to be called the sons of God or the children of God? And, and what that means is this, that as his children, as the children of God, um, that, that what we are displaying in our lives um, is, is the character of our Heavenly Father. And, and we know that our Heavenly Father is a God of peace. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says, May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And even more importantly about God, we know that he is a peacemaker. And that was in our scripture reading today. 2 Corinthians 5.19, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them, and he has committed to us this message of reconciliation. Um, that reconciliation means that. It's about making peace. We needed to be reconciled to God because our sin had caused conflict between us and God, and we had been separated from him um, because of our sin. And, and he makes that um, reconciliation possible um, through Christ. And, and, and so th- this is what it is, the sort of the heart of peacemaking. Um, all of his story uh, is, is demonstrated in the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus. And it's, a, it's about God making a way to bring lasting peace between himself and his rebellious creation which is us. We're, we're a rebellious creation because we've all sinned and gone our own way. We've all chosen to go our way instead of God's. And he made a way back for us in Christ. And so um, as people who have found that way back in Christ, um, we're, we're made his children. And as his children, our desire is to, is to take on his uh, character. We're to love what he loves. We're to pursue what he pursues. And we're to be peacemakers because he is a peacemaker. So what does that mean? And that's point number two. What is a peacemaker? Now, um, as we talk about what it means to be a peacemaker, you know, let me say that, that um, being a peacemaker is different than trying to be a peacekeeper. Um, um, and and um, we have um, some like illustrations of, of 
we even have in the, in the UN, uh, all, you know, all over the world, they send peacekeeping forces that really can't do much but be a presence. But they don't really make peace. They're trying to keep peace. Trying to keep the peace is a terrible job. It's very hard to try and keep peace. But being a peacemaker is quite different. And, and, and so there, it has a completely different um, context because we're to be peacemakers. And, and the, the peacemaking that we're talking about is this whole idea of, of, of reconciliation between God and man. And that, that's to be our heart and our mission and our desire uh, in the process. But in order to even begin to take that on, um, we have to really remember the progression of the Beatitudes um, that have been building to this point. And that, that in the process, if you remember, we've been made aware of our desperate need for God because we're all broken. We've all sinned and gone our own way. Um, that as we realize what he's done to make a way back for us, um, our heart's desire it then becomes to live for him. And, and we've been talking over these last weeks about living, uh, you know, righteously, about right living, living by trying to do the next right thing. And, and we've looked at that process and, and we've, we've, we've talked about mercy and in understanding our own need for mercy, we're to be people that extend mercy. You know, it's a, mercy is a compassionate response to human need. Um, and then last week we talked about a purity of heart, um, that as our hearts are being made new, they, you know, our hearts are hardened and dulled because of sin uh, and, and selfishness. Um, it makes our hearts hard, but as we, as we come, into, um, come into Christ and into life in him, he begins his work in us where our hearts are softened and it becomes less about us and more about him and, and, and it allows us to begin to um, open ourselves to others. And then, um, you know, in the process, we, we hopefully begin to see the beauty of, of people's potential who, who aren't yet in Christ. But, but see, you know, I, I love that about Jesus, um, that when Jesus looks at people, and, and all the encounters in the New Testament, when you watch what he does, when he looks at people, he treats them with this amazing love. And it's because he, he treats them um, as he sees the beauty of their potential, the beauty of who they can become in him. And, and he treats them like that. And, and, and that's such an amazing concept, and we'll talk about that some more, um, that, that needs to impact all of us. But it's only as we go through this process of the Beatitudes, realizing our own desperate need for God, our own, you know, how often we've fallen short, and how much he loves us, and what, he, what lengths he's gone to to restore us, and that we're to live for him. And that process of living for him isn't, isn't about rule following, it's about heart changes that, that allow us to become a part of the mission that, that he's on, which is to save lost people. Um, he said, you know, I've came to seek and save. That's what was lost. And, and he invites us into that journey with him. And, and, and so part of this whole thing of mercy and, and, and purity of heart and, and, and people of integrity is that we begin to see people in a new way. And, and don't get, you know, stuck in criticism and judgment, which unfortunately the church has too often got stuck in. Uh, um, but we continue to press on in him um, and, and always trying to see people the way that he does. And as we do that, we, we, we're ready then to take on this mission of peacemaking. Now, um, a peacemaker, and I'm going to redefine this for you in a minute, but, but so don't, don't worry about trying to write this down if you're trying to keep notes. We'll, it's all there in your notes. We'll do it a step at a time. But, but here's, here's what I like to think about a peacemaker. A peacemaker is someone who is at peace with God because they experiencing the peace of God their desire is to live at peace with everyone, 
always being ready to share the reason for their peace by proclaiming the gospel of peace so that everyone would come to know his peace. That's the mission of a peacemaker. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they'll be called the sons of the children of God. So let's kind of, uh, in the next few little points, we're going to just sort of take a little quick, deeper look at what I just spoke to you about a peacemaker. And it's broken in little letters, A through D or E. I don't remember. I think it's E. So A, a peacemaker is at peace with God. First and foremost, we're at peace with God. Romans 5, 1 through 2. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. So, so what's happened in this process? We're at peace with God because we have confessed with our mouths and believed in our heart that Jesus is Lord, and in that process we've been saved, born again, made new. Our sins have been forgiven, and we are reconciled to God. We are at peace with him. It has to start there. And, and, uh, and hopefully you've, 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 you've already gotten that part in as we've looked at the Beatitudes. Everything starts in, in that relationship with Jesus where we fully understand and admit our own brokenness and our own sin, that we've gone our own way, that we've taken that to God. We've, we've, we've gone before him, and we've, you know, we've confessed it. God, that your way is right and my way is wrong. And, 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 you know, we've asked him to forgive us, and he has. And then we've, we've asked Jesus into our heart and our life to be our Lord and Savior. And, and life has begun anew in him, this full and abundant life. But, but at that point, then we are at peace with God. We're, we're no longer separated because of our sin. Um, because in, in accepting Jesus into our heart and life and, and confessing him of those things, the, the gap has been uh, taken away because God now sees us in the perfection of his son and we're restored, we're reconciled, we have life again with him now and forever. Apart from him there was no life, but now we have life in him. It all starts in Christ and, and that's the whole idea of being at peace with God. The, there's no separation, no gap in us any longer because of what Jesus has done and we've accepted that and we're, we're back in full eternal relationship with God. That's, that's how all this starts. Which is, you know, a, a message in and of itself and, and really cool, right? I mean, isn't that cool when you think about that? I mean, I, 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 for me, I, I could just stop there and go, wow, that's, that's, you know, how does it get better than that? I mean, I was... Um, I guess I don't know about you, but, but I've done a lot of stuff that, that's not good in the course of my life. And, and to know that, that I've been forgiven for that, um, it's, 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 you know, it it's inspires awe in me that, that he doesn't hold it against me. He, it's, it's done. Because of what Jesus did, it's done. He's, he's taken care of it for me. The, the, I mean, how do, you, how do you even begin to... Um, you know, expand beyond that because it's such an amazing gift. But, but because of Jesus, um, I, I'm at peace with God. And, and he made it possible. And so it starts there. And, and in order to be a peacemaker, um, you first have to be at peace yourself with God. Know that you're forgiven and, and know that your relationship's been restored in him. Well, then what happens next, having done that then, is that a peacemaker, this is point B, experiences the peace of God. The peace of God. Philippians 4, 7. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, 
will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. One of my favorite verses, and, and you know, one of my favorite verses in context, we've looked at it a lot here, but what a powerful and amazing thing. Not only now has he forgiven me and, and, and given me life everlasting in him, full and abundant now and forever life, um, I no longer have to be um, you know, cast a, a, you know, a, adrift at every bad thing that happens, at every difficult thing that happens, at every tragedy that I face, at every um, you know, little worry and concern that pops up. Um, I, I don't have to live like the culture lives, so much of the culture lives in constant fear and anxiety and worry about what's next and what's gonna happen. Because I'm at peace with God, I can experience the peace of God. I, I don't have to get consumed by the worry of the world around me because I'm at peace with God and I experience his peace. Um, you know, the, the enemy, and we've talked a lot about this last year, he wants to, he would love for me to get stuck in fear and worry and, and, and like so much of the culture around me. And, and, you know, I've told you, there's so many avenues for us. We're constantly bombarded with bad news. And, and if you allow that just in all the time, it impacts you in significant ways. And it will cause you to be anxious. It, 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 there's no other... That's the outcome of it. It will just start taking you down and it'll start playing on you all the time. I told you, you know, those of you who have been coming, years ago, it was, uh, wow, it's 2008. Um, I finally said that's enough because I had gotten so caught into the 24-hour news thing that it was on all the time. I used to always have it on. I just, I, in fact, I used to have a TV in my office back then and I'd come in and pop on the cable news. And uh, it was on all the time. And I was wondering why I was so miserable all the time. And it's because everything that happened, they bring experts in to make it worse. And then there, if there's no other news story that comes on, they'll make whatever they got as bad as they possibly can until something that they can make worse happens. And then they'll, they, you got that. And now you sometimes two, and then you have 20 of them going. And, and all these experts coming in telling you how everything's falling apart. And you know, head for the hills and run. And it, it, it takes a toll on your existence. It can't not. And I finally said, okay, and, and, and uh, I mean, I, I, I tell it to people, it's, I do still get headlines, you know, because I'm on the internet all the time. I, I read the headlines, but I try and read them without the fear that's often, you know, tossed in there for effect. And just, and so I know how to pray. But we don't have to be consumed by the fear and weary of our culture because we're at peace with God. He's got us. And, 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 and so those other things, while they impact us, they don't, they're not the, the focus of who we are, and they're certainly not where our life comes from. And so, so we don't need to live lives in, in fear and worry. We can experience his peace because we're at peace with him. And, and it's the life that he came to give us. Now, because of those things, we get to point C, or letter C, um, that a peacemaker seeks to live at peace with everyone. We're, we seek to live at peace with everyone. Romans 12, 18, if it's possible, which is a nice little thing, if it's possible, because sometimes it's not possible. As far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. We're to live at peace with people. Now, here's where it gets, I think, a little interesting because um, this doesn't mean that um, we, we, it's peace at all costs. It doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that we compromise um, our beliefs um, uh, and, and our standards or, we, or the truth for that matter. Um, it doesn't mean any of those things because sometimes people think that that's what it means. That's not what it means. Um, I believe that what it means is that, that as people who are at peace with God and experiencing the peace of God and not all 
caught up in the mumbo-jumbo of the world around us, that, that we, we, we're then freed to live um, as the, the, what we're called to be as a light and salt in the world. We're, we're to bring the, the light of God's truth, Jesus, into the world, and we're to be a flavoring to the world, and that, that the peace of God frees us to do that. And, and after the Beatitudes, that's, that's what it says. Now with all these things in, in your attitude worked in, you need to be the salt and, and the light. And so uh, what that should translate to all these things in, in the peace of God, is that, is that rather than becoming critical and judgmental, uh, as though somehow we're superior to the lost and broken people in the world around us, um, it frees us to love people the way that Jesus did. And, and I think this is so often the peace that the church misses. The church misses this peace all the time, and they get stuck back in there in the, in the sort of superior acting, critical, judgmental phase. And, and it, it doesn't work because it doesn't draw anybody in. Um, it, it, it allows people to turn us off and consider us irrelevant. And, you know, and I've told you for years, we're, we're fighting the mute button. The, the culture has muted us because we stopped loving them well. And that the only way we'll get them to hit the mute button back and turn us back on is by loving them well. By loving them the way that Jesus did. By, by not pointing the finger any longer. But just, but just getting alongside them and loving them. And, and see, here's the thing. Jesus loved people. When you, when you watch him encounter sinners in the book, he always loved them. That's what they experienced from him. It didn't mean that he ever said, don't worry about it, just keep doing what you ever, whatever you feel like. He never said that. There's a standard. There's a, there's a right way of living. But, but he loved them so much that in that love, their response would be, oh, wow, how should I live? And then he'd tell them. But we, we get that backwards sometimes and we're trying to tell people how to live without loving them first. And they just go, well, why should I listen to you? And, and to huge chunks of, this, of the population, we've just become you know, superfluous. They, they don't have to listen to us. And, and, and so we're, we're called to live this way, to love people so that, that, that we can you know, be light and salt into the world around us. But, but we just have to love the way he did. Seeing the beauty of their potential, not labeling people by their sin, and, and we've we, 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 we still got a long way to go. We still, we still tum, tum, take some things and we just, that, we label them that way and that's it. We don't deal with them the way we should. And, and uh, we, we have to, we have to get, get that right again so that, that we can be peacemakers. Or, or we won't be. We, we won't be able to extend this peace beyond ourselves. And so uh, D then, is a, as a peacemaker, is ready to proclaim the gospel of peace. Ephesians 6.15, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel is peace. So, so as people you know, at peace with God, experiencing the peace of God, trying to live at peace with everyone by, by loving people well, um, uh, we're to live in that way as, as ambassadors then with the message of the good news at the ready. Um, um, not only to speak this message, but to, to um, live it out with acts of kindness and, and, and words of encouragement and, and, and things that, that, you know, Give us an opportunity to demonstrate the love of God to people. And, and so we, we have the best, this is the thing. We, if you know Jesus, and if you've, you've come to know him as your Lord and Savior, you have now acquired the best news in the universe. There is no better deal. There is nothing like it. There's nothing that compares to it. There's, there's, nothing, there's nothing better. You have it and other people desperately need it. 
And, and as peacemakers, we need to love people well enough that they actually invite us to tell them what's going on. And, and this is all part of the process. See, I mean, we should be different enough uh, and, and, and they get something different about us that they, they want to know. And, and, and as people then invited to speak into that, um, lovingly share the, the gospel, you know, that Jesus made a way for them to be reconciled back to God because their sin has made a separation between them and God. And it's not about what a good person you are. Uh, you know, I, I know that sounds nice, but that's not, there's no way to back that up biblically. Um, God's perfect, we're not. There's no way to get perfect in our own strength. Because once you've been, you get, once you've done anything that wasn't perfect, you're no longer perfect. And all of us have done that, lots. And so there's no way back. In our, own, in our own way, we can't make it back. You can't even the scales out by doing more good than bad in your life. And that's what a lot of people think. Oh, they're a good person. They're okay. I'm a good person. I live as a good person. What does that even mean? I mean how do you even define that? But, but see, there's a way back, and that's in Christ, who was perfect, who lived perfectly, and then willingly died, went to the cross. And that was enough to pay for our sin. And now, you know, the thing is that God sees us in the perfection of his son. We'll never get back to perfect here until we get there. But, but God sees us as already there in his son. That's the, that's the amazing thing. Well, that's, that's the gospel. That's, the, the, that's what we have to, to offer people. And, and, and having and, and sitting on that amazing good news, see, and, and having that to share is, is where we get our sense of mission. And that's the last little point. E, a peacemaker desires that everyone would come to know his peace. Having gotten this peace, you, you want everybody to know it. Um, you, you, it's, your, it's your desire that they would know it. Romans 15, 13, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. We're, we're to live as a people of mission, partnering with God in this message of, recon, message of reconciliation that we read about in 2 Corinthians 5. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they'll be called the children of God. This is, this is the journey. See, we, we, we're coming along in him and and, and now we, we begin to, to love like he loves and pursue the things that he pursues and, and, and do the things that he's modeled for us and called us to in the way that he lives, remembering what he's done for us and then extending that to others. And, and, and see, that's, that's this idea of peacemaking. And it, it should still excite us. But, you know, we, I think we learn over time how to, how to be more effective. I, I remember when I first came to know Jesus, when I first got saved, I think it was like in, it was in October or something. Uh, not this last October, but, but <laughs> just October, really? <laughs> um, October of 84. Um, and that Christmas, and so I was so excited because, you know, I, I was a mess. You know, I, I, I don't need to talk about my brokenness so much, but suffice it to say, lots of drugs and lots of bad stuff at that point in my life and, and set free from that in amazing ways in my encounter with Jesus. And I was so excited about it and I wanted everybody to know. And so like that first Halloween that came up, um, I, I, had, I, um, I bought these little pocket New Testament things instead of candy. And when the kids came up, I was dropping these, po- you know, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, here we go, a New Testament for you. And, and you know, since that point in time, I've never had a trick-or-treater at the house that I can remember. It didn't go over well. It wasn't a big hit. 
So now, you know, to make up for that, we do huge fall festivals where we give away tons of candy because I got a little overzealous. And I hadn't learned my lesson yet because that first Christmas, I remember, and, and uh, there was a bunch of my family lived here at that point, and I went over there for Christmas, and I had bought everybody a Bible for Christmas and wrapped it up. And just give me, and I was all excited, you know, giving them a Bible. They didn't really get received that well. <laughs> it, it wasn't what they were looking for. They all... <laughs> I can't even, the looks were so funny. You know what I mean? <laughs> really? Anyway, I didn't do that anymore. Um, but see, I was just excited to share. But then over time, you know, we, we, you, the spirit begins to um, uh, help you to love people in a way that they start to ask. And a lot of that family that I did all that with came back over time and asked me what was going on. But it took some years um, and indifference, see? But, but in the world around us, we have to live in such a way that, that that we have opportunities to make peace um, f- between them and God because that's what it's all about now. That's, that's the mission now. Is, is God's on this big reconciliation mission and he's invited us to partner with him as ambassadors to move it along. But we can't do that unless we're, you know, we're thinking about all these other things and how we got there even and, and then having hearts that are right that desire to, to share this amazing news that we have with other people. So that's what it is to be a peacemaker, and uh, and 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 so I would encourage you to keep you know processing through all these things, and we'll we've got one more beatitude for next week, and we'll be looking at that when we get back together. If you're watching on television or by video, thank you so much for spending this time with us. We know how valuable your time is, and I appreciate you taking these moments with us. If you need prayer, go to our website, find the prayer page, and we would be happy to pray for you, or you can call us. And uh, we'd love to see you here if you're ever in Big Pine. Come and visit. We have lots of services. Thank you very much.